0: says forestry materials, supplies and contracts. It would be the second item under ordinary expenses Uh, that coupled with uh, the fourth item forestry, other services. If we could just speak about those two line items and what that funding is for,
1: that would be appreciated. Mary, you're muted.
2: 5292,
3: for the $80,000, that is the arborist. He works 24 hours per week at $50 um, an hour. Um, It could be more hours per week if we have emergencies, if there's trees down or what um, emergencies. The 5380, that is tree planting, the $65,000, and that trees are planted every fall and then plus like <clears throat> arbor day or whatever um aggie has planned but that is mostly for the tree planting in the fall
0: now um last year's budget discussions we had a long and very uh, detailed conversation about um yeah, yes. having an arborist on staff um not a contracted arborist i know that we're required by law to have an arborist on staff if i'm not mistaken um, whether or not it's through contracted services or whether or not it's through, um, you know, making out a full-time and permanent employee, um, that arborists are required. Tree wardens are not, if I'm not mistaken, or an, an arborist can serve as a tree warden, but a tree warden can't serve as an arborist.
4: Um, well, we have- really what it boils down to, counselors under the mass general laws, the shade tree law, uh, just say that you as a homeowner wish to have the tree in your front taken down and it's a public tree uh, on a public uh, sidewalk. If it's examined and it's like, no, the tree is healthy, it's a good shade tree, we're not taking it down, Uh, you as the homeowner obviously have a right to request a hearing uh, to uh, appeal it that you, you want it down. Now, under the Mass General Laws, it is the arborist who has the final say, whether the tree remains. Uh, or it is, it is taken down. So that's why you really need an arborist. Beyond that, a tree warden and an arborist, as far as the overall condition of a tree, um, or potentially the type of tree that would be most suitable to be planted, uh, they both have that um, flexibility and authority, you might say, as far as what would be best suited uh, you know, for it. And as far as the pruning of a tree, uh, cleaning a tree up, as we call it, um, again, all right, the same thing. But the important part here is there's a lot of you might say administrative work that is also required by the forestry, as far as obtaining grant money um, or uh, you know trying to uh, you know get donation money um, it takes. Quite honestly, sometimes a lot of paperwork is required, uh, you know, to get uh, something for nothing. You might say.
2: Aggie does that very, very well. Okay, uh,
4: with some some of the paperwork I've seen uh, uh, that is generated here between Mary and Aggie, I mean, it's just it's mind-boggling uh, what they're what they're requesting as far as uh, money's you know justification for the uh, money sequence. Yes, it's money that we're getting into the city at no cost for the tax pays or a benefit for the tax pays, but uh, a lot of time and effort goes into it.
0: Right, so we have uh, a permanently budgeted position that's a tree warden that makes X amount of dollars. And then we're also contracting services for a arborist at 20 hours a week, or 20, uh, 20 hours a week, like 80,000 bucks. Don't you think if we, consolidated the two positions and raised the salary that we could have a arborist that worked in-house that also performed the functions of the tree wood for less money than we're appropriating now?
4: Okay, you, 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 you need somebody out there daily, uh, you know, as far as making these determinations, meeting with the public, uh, you know, you have to always meet with constituents and everything else. If I had another person, I right, they'll end up actually trying, you know, end up doing... What, what they're doing now because i think you of-
0: misunderstand i'm not saying adding another person what i'm saying is consolidate the two line items and you might be able to save 40 grand um, okay. because you can bring somebody in that performs the function of both arborist and tree warden and well, you're paying uh, a salary above what the tree warden's being paid i mean ultimately we have a contracted employee that's working half time making 80 grand that's a lot of dope i wish okay. i got paid 80 grand to work 20 hours a week i don't
4: but, uh, well, and the thing is, all right, that's dis- that's discretionary, uh, Counselor, and I, right, okay, it's budgeted for three days a week, all right, here, okay, we're, you know, I'll just say several weeks, you know, particularly when this uh, epidemic uh, first hit, all right, that I did not have him in, in at all, all right, and I mean, that's, that's a decision thing, uh, you, know, uh, you know, that's made by this office here, so it isn't like a lead pipe guarantee he's going to get three days pay every week. It does
0: not happen that way. Right. But I think that if you look at the historic end of the year transfers, you'd see that that line item has been expended without um, an end of the year transfer to another department to cover another cost. Right. In in recent years. I think he's 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 exhausting the expense of his contract. You know what I mean? We're paying the contract. Um, sure sure the amount that's they, appropriated we're not we're not running short in previous years all right well those, those address yeah. my questions mr Garens I, I appreciate it. it's an administrative for government que- administration
4: oh, government. oh no I understand council one of the other things that I wanted to, to add to it in that particular account we also use that as a me- mechanism when we've had some of these violent storms and we had numerous trees down you know within the city some of these trees were so large that we brought in an actual tree company you know big trucks in
0: a plane yeah. uh, and you know that would come with the funding would come out of that same account Barrett Heimlich and whoever else we have coming here. okay and I, mr. Cairns, I do have to say this um, you know having been the you know union rep for the Medford DPW back some 15 years ago and having had the opportunity to you know live in the city my whole life and work with the gentlemen and, and women that you have over there as part of your team um, they, they do more with less than any other department here in, in the city um, you know quite frankly I feel as though You know, for a number of years now, you've been operating with one hand tied behind your back. Staffing levels are all. And, you know, I hope you take it with a grain of salt as to what I'm saying. I think that we can invest some of this money from outside contractors internally so that we can start to develop, again, some more institutional knowledge and get more bang for our buck. Um, So these are administration and government uh, conversations that need to be had. Um, This budget here is a budget that your department put together that, you know, um, each individual um, sub department feels as though will work for them and meet the objectives and goals that have been established based upon the criteria and circumstances that we face. And I certainly appreciate that. Um, This is a conversation that's going to continue. You know, I'm not a big fan of the race to the bottom and the privatization of government services. Um, I think if we invest in personnel um, and we invest in, you know, ourselves, we'll be able to better control our own destiny and also, um, you know, get more bang for our buck. Um, you know, similar to the sidewalk crew that we talked about earlier and uh, last year's discussions about creating an apprentice program for DPW workers with the vocational school. Um, ways that we can, you know, create and establish um, a, a pipeline to, uh, to begin to get employees that are actually city employees and not contracted employees that have a vested interest in the success of our community, that take pride in their workmanship and um, that are going to move our city forward like we're all trying to do it together. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to get off my soapbox and thank you very much for your time It's been a very long day and I appreciate your patience in the work that you and your team have done Mary you, I know I, I, your work speaks volumes um, every line item in the DPW budget, you know about and it's it's a lot um, so I can't thank you enough for your preparation and um, you know, With that being said, uh, I rest my case, but uh, thank you very much for your time and answering my question.
2: Thank you Councilor Knight. Councilor
5: Marks uh, Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh Commissioner Karens and uh, Mary as well uh, for their work on this budget. Um, I have more of uh, statements than uh, actual line item uh, questions. Um, Brian within the budget uh, it mentions highlights for FY 20 and it calls for the repair or rebuilding of 90 catch basins and manholes. What do we anticipate this year FY21 budget uh, to be in regards to repair and replacement of manhole and catch basins?
4: Uh, I, w- I would like to guarantee the same, uh, if not more. Uh, obviously, of course, it's the unforeseen uh, that could happen between violent storms that may take up some of our time. Uh, you know, weather uh, could be a factor. Um, or, uh, you know, a repeat of this call. Uh, because with the cove you got to keep in mind, uh, you know, uh, I came up with a system uh, working with the chief of staff as far as spreading my forces out thinner. Uh, so that way, uh, you know, no one department, nobody would get impacted. Uh, so I really had, didn't have, you know, that army where I could hit something and hit it hard because I had to spread everybody out so nobody would get hit. Yeah, we are returning to normal operations now. I'd like to pick up where we left off.
6: Uh,
5: Brian, when it comes to uh, the catch basins uh, and manholes, any indication of how many we have out there in the community currently?
4: How how many, what was that constant? How many that are in need of repair? Correct, correct. A a, a safe bet right now is probably uh, in various stages of disrepair. That would really would right. need repair. Would be like about 120.
5: 120.
4: Yeah, that would be catch basins and manholes. All uh, right, you know, square covers, round covers. I'll, I'll I'll use that term.
5: Okay, my my next uh, question, and I'm not sure if uh, from a DPW standpoint, if we've made any headway on this, but it's something that I've spoken about for many years now. Is the fact that uh, one of the major complaints I get each year is the fact that our crosswalks don't get painted uh, in a timely fashion, and many of which uh, remain unpainted uh, and pose safety concerns for uh, residents. Um, I I, uh, have offered on many occasions that the city use rather than uh, regular paint, thermoplastic. I think we all realize the benefit uh, of thermoplastic. It's highly resistant life expectancy of up to three to five years highly reflective. um, And we will not be in the situation of year after year, uh, you know, trying to uh, tell the general public why our crosswalks aren't uh, painted. So I, again, would just like to plug uh, to you and the city administration, that moving forward that thermoplastic be uh, part of the operation in this community, not just for new pavement, but for pavement in general right now. And I realize uh, you don't want to put thermoplastic on streets that may be lined with potholes. But uh, i rather have a thermoplastic crosswalk that may have a pothole than no paint and a faded crosswalk that poses a safety concern for residents. So I, I just would like to put that out there uh, to you, Brian. Uh, uh,
7: uh,
5: okay. I don't I'd like to... Huh?
2: Brian, I think we lost Brian. Okay, can you get me? the back, yep. Hello? Hello? You can, hear
4: you. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, uh, the last few years, as far as the roads that we have repaid, uh, Mike, uh, we have done it in plastic. Um, again, brand new roads, nice smooth surface, so they're ideal candidates. Like you say, there are other roads that are pretty tired and uh, quite honestly, uh, not only fiscally uh, it would be irresponsible and a waste of money, but also too, the paint itself would run in uh, all the cracks and grooves and, and everything else. Uh, and uh, you know it would not come out uh, the way we wanted to. But it is, like I said, a matter of policy now. every road that we do, no matter what kind of uh, traffic markings go down, are done on thermoplastic.
5: Thank you for the response. The other other point I have commissioner is regarding tree stumps. It's probably uh, on the top of the list as well. When residents call up with concerns, tree stumps seem to be littered around the community. We've never been able to get a grasp on them in my opinion. I know the last couple of years you have made some headway. Uh, I'm not uh, pointing a finger, but I still think we can do better when it comes to attending to all these tree stumps around the community. It makes a neighborhood look blighted. It makes it look like no one cares. And I believe taxpayers deserve better than to have a tree stump for many, many years in front of their home um, that's unattended to.
4: I, and, I, and, I, and I agree with you, as a matter of fact, it probably would, be, would have been something that would have been at the top of our list. Um, in the month of February alone, uh, we removed and refilled or regraded, or whatever you want to uh, put. Just uh, one month alone, I right, had 27 tree stumps in the month of February. But come uh, March, right, everything uh, just went up in the air. I mean, we would have been really ahead of the game uh, by now if it wasn't for the Cove. But uh, it, was, it was 27 tree stumps because I remember uh, reporting that uh, to the mayor because that was uh, one of the things in your inauguration speech
5: thank you for that comment. Um, regarding new signage, uh, around the community. I personally want to thank you and your sign department, uh, and the members of DPW. I've noticed a lot more new signage around the community. Uh, a lot uh, of signs that, uh, really assist pedestrians and traffic and add to public safety. And, uh, I really appreciate that over the past several months I've noticed, uh, an increase in, uh, I think that goes a long way. Uh, regarding forestry, um, I had this conversation with yourself and the tree warden. Um, I realized COVID uh, is st- hampering us with a lot of processes in the community. However, I would insist that our public hearings for the tree department need to pick up again. If it's through Zoom, let's do Zoom. Uh, they haven't had a public hearing for a tree removal in many, many months now. And uh, trees are still growing during COVID. Things are still happening. Uh, you know, t- trees uh, that may need to be removed for public safety uh, still require hearings and so forth. And I would ask that the tree warden immediately uh, restart her public hearings for tree removals.
4: Certainly, Council, I'll look into that first thing on Monday. Uh,
5: the uh, other point of contention, uh, and I realize this is a tight budget, but I've spoken uh, many, many years about how we put very little to no money in the budget for repaving the streets. And we solely rely on Chapter 90 money, which is about 980000 give or take, uh, odd dollars a year that we receive from the state to do our paving of our, as you mentioned at the beginning, some 700 roads in the community. Uh, and as you can tell, uh, $980,000 does not go very far in a community this size. However, we don't supplement it in our budget either. Uh, So there's money to fix potholes, but not for repaving. And I think that's a shortcoming of this city. It always has been a shortcoming. This is nothing new. Uh, I would ask that when we do look at capital improvement, and I think the chief of staff uh, has given a commitment, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, when they do uh, look at capital improvement, that uh, roads uh, be a top priority uh, for our community. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, the next is, uh, I believe, where, uh, if we haven't already passed it, our water meter program that we were so successful in changing all our water meters so uh, residents paid an accurate water and sewer uh, price. Um, uh, many of our meters were outdated for years. We were, I think, 60 to 70% of the city, they were estimating the bills, which uh, is not a great way of operating uh, any type of city when you have to estimate um, and we got away from that. And I think now we're near the life expectancy of the existing water meters. And I think it's something the city, uh, although it's out of sight, out of mind, the city needs to start looking at. So we're not faced with the years that I remember when thousands of people in the city were trying to file abatements because they were getting astronomical bills that were being estimated. Um, and that's a concern in the city. And I just want to put that out. I know the administration's stole on the call. And I think it's something that uh, they can add to their laundry list of things that need to be done in the community. Um, uh, Go ahead, did you want to say something? Okay, Uh, Councillor Back.
4: uh, it was uh, a while ago uh, I had requested uh, uh, through the administration and uh, subject to uh, actually the council's approval, money be appropriated, Uh, to uh, start replacing the meters or the heads of the meters uh, in the city Um, and you know with that money being appropriated uh, it was quite substantial Uh, we're already in the process of trying to uh, you know replace uh, the the ones that were originally put in back in 2005 um, and uh, you know keep up uh, with the program so uh, you know we're starting to move ahead now.
7: Okay, um, yeah.
3: if I could just add on to uh, Mr. Cairns to uh, councilor marks, I did uh, meet with um, Ron Baker in the water department and he is looking at changing out a lot of the um, meters for the city. One of the things he's looking at is if they have any 0% loans and how that structure would be. Um, him and I are working together right now to see what kind of how much that cost benefit analysis would be, how much it would cost the city. So that's in the works.
5: That, that's, that's very helpful. And I appreciate the update. You know, for the last several years, uh, this council has been looking at um, water and sewer, ways of controlling costs for residents, Uh, one program being the leak detection program, um, which we have millions of dollars in unaccounted for water that uh, the taxpayers are paying for. And it, it would be helpful every so often just to get updates on where we stand with the leak detection, where we stand with INI, the inflow and infiltration that uh, you know the groundwater is getting into our sewer pipes, and uh, you know I, I know this is boring stuff, but it's something that uh, has been of interest to me for many, many years since I've been on the council. Uh, actually, and we've made some headway, but I think there's a lot more we can do. My last point, uh, and I appreciate all your time, is uh, again with the snow and ice. And I know every year we underfund the snow and ice naturally, and this year would be a perfect reason to underfund. But I think it's uh, in the interest of transparency, it's important to let people know that uh, that account is deliberately underfunded. And uh, most likely we will be looking for, depending on uh, what our winter looks like, uh, upwards of $300,000, 500000 to offset that account. And in a time we know that local receipts are down, in a time that we know we're already behind the eight ball, um, I think it's important to let that be known that this budget does not include enough. Uh, it includes, uh, I believe, $75,000 uh, for snow and ice. And the actuals over the last couple of years range from four hundred to almost a little over 300000 So we're already behind the eight ball. I understand why. i rather have teachers in the classroom, police and fire on the street than uh, fake money in an account right now. But Um, I I think in the interest of transparency, that's important. I I just want to thank you, Brian, as my council colleagues have mentioned. I can't thank your staff. I have to give a shout out to Steve Tenaglia. The reason why is when I call him up, uh, he gets things done. He gets action. uh, And I know that all comes from, uh, you know, it's true with all your department heads from Mike Nestor on. uh, They're all excellent. And uh, I agree with Councilor Knight. uh, The resources that you have are very limited. The manpower is very limited, and it's amazing, to be quite frank, how you keep the city working the way it does on a daily basis, what, what you have. And I like to call you Oz, the guy behind the curtain, because that's <laughs> truly what you are. You're like the Wizard of Oz.
4: <laughs> make, make, make well, it's, it's a team effort, but the, it's, it starts the top down, and the top is not me. The top is down below me right now. All right? It's a team effort. And uh, when when our backs against the wall, we pull. We don't pull any punches. We come out swinging.
5: Your voice echoes when you speak now, and it sounds like the Wizard of Oz, actually. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, sir.
2: Thank you, Councilor Max, Councilor Scarpelli. Uh,
8: Thank you, Councilor Marks. Use my Oz um, (laughs) segue. So here we go again. But. Again, I, I firstly want to thank uh, Brian for all your hard work and uh, your staff. Again, um, again, this is uh, tough times, but it seems like uh, DPW is always, like you said, you haven't recovered. And I know that uh, I was wondering, one of my first questions, I don't have a lot, I think everybody's asked a lot, but uh, how far along were we in, in discussions of the uh, maintenance and uh, support unit? Was it something that they were talking about or, you know, actively or
4: well yeah well that that is something of course that actually was initiated by uh, the council um and uh, was something that uh, you know started with the, you might say some discussions uh, with the mayor and the chief of staff but uh, I think uh, probably about a grand total of an hour and uh, a few days later well we know what happened
8: okay so that's this happening but I know it's uh, it's something that hopefully uh, you know, God willing things turn around, we can look at other avenues. But again, what I said to the other departments, uh, uh, Ms. Nunley, if she can help just same thing with those positions, if we do see a change, um, hopefully if we put that down as a $1 line item, like you said, uh, for those positions, hopefully, um, if we do see uh, an influx of some funding that we could pick up those staff members that you've been waiting for, for years, instead of, um, seeing them dissolve. So if we can do that, that'd be great. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Scott Pelly. Alicia, I noticed you have
3: your hand. Yeah, I just wanted to do a point of information for transparency for all of those listening, um, as far as the snow and ice. Statutorily, the reason why we leave it at 75,000 is once you raise it, you cannot ever lower it. So you don't wanna raise it up because it's seasonal. We don't know what it's gonna be. So once you earmark that money, you could never lower it by statute then you're losing jobs and, and things that you could use it for. And that's why we
2: maintain it at the $75,000 minimum. Thank you very
9: much, appreciate it. Uh, so we have uh, Councilor Morella and then Vice President Caviello, Councilor Morel. Thank you, Mr. President. And, and again, many thanks to Commissioner Karens um, and Steve Tanaglia who took me on a very long and uh, exhaustive tour of the uh, DPW yard. So I really appreciate that. It's helped me wrap my head around this budget um, by doing that earlier this year. So many questions have been asked that pretty much all of my questions have been asked at this point. But just going back to the staffing question, um, understanding that you know DPW still hasn't recovered since 2008 um, as far as levels, are there departments that are you know perhaps more understaffed or more hurting than others as far as personnel, or is it pretty evenly spread across all the departments uh, you manage?
4: No, we'll, stay, we'll start off uh, forestry. All right, this is uh, grossly understaffed. Uh, the Parks Department is uh, understaffed, uh, and uh, the uh, Cemetery is understaffed. Those would be the top three, uh, though welcome any kind of technical expertise for any one of the departments. I'll never say no to uh, additional uh, personnel, but uh, right now those three, I mean, could use a few more all right, just for the day-to-day assignments and the mission that they're uh, being paid for. Uh, this, that would be separate from Councilor Scapelli and what we were discussing as far as maintenance support unit. That's something altogether different that would not only benefit DPW, but benefit the city because they would also be doing repairs right for other departments.
9: Okay, thank you. And then we had talked a few months back about the fact that it was um, due to pay levels, it was actually hard to hire um, some of the staff you needed. I know now it's kind of a strange position because not really in a position to hire, but have you seen an, an uptick in interest um, because of the financial situation the country's in now? Do you see people having an interest in working for the DPW, or is that kind of hard to say? Uh,
4: I really haven't actively pursued a counselor, uh, but what I'm hearing out there now, uh, some people would rather stay on unemployment, okay. uh, and uh, you know, particularly with the uh, Uh, the trades unions, uh, some of the different uh, companies that I know uh, it's hard for them to even get uh, talented people back in their help that they would count on. They'd rather stay on unemployment.
9: Okay, thank you. Those are my few questions. And I just wanna echo my fellow counselors and uh, really thank you and and your entire team for the work you do. You're incredibly responsive and have been uh, very helpful in my first few months as a counselor. So I thank you.
4: I thank you, Counselor.
2: Thank you, councilor Morrell.
10: Vice President Caviolo. Uh, uh, thank you, Mr. President. I guess, um, like Councilor Scott Blaze said, when you're last, all the uh, all the good questions are gone. Uh, so, I, I, the the few that I that haven't been answered already, I, I'll, uh, I'll proceed with. Um, Brian, first of all, um, I need to thank you uh, and your staff. I mean, you you're, you're really doing uh, your work with smoke and mirrors. Uh, the word, uh, you know, the Oz chairman uh, isn't even it doesn't even uh, portray for the work you do and. You're very responsive. Anytime I've ever called you, you're there for me. Um, Same thing goes with Steve Tenaya, Mike Nesta. Uh, again, this is another department. Uh, you guys are out there seven days a week now, 20, almost 24 hours a day. Uh, not just the water department, but everyone's out there all the time now. So, again, I mean, you certainly uh, are making uh, more uh, with less. A uh, uh, couple of uh, uh, questions. Um, where are we with our sidewalk um, our project?
4: all right as far as uh, sidewalk replacement is concerned the contractor returned uh i think it was like uh two weeks ago and uh, basically has picked up uh, where he left off uh, last season
10: okay and um do we have an anticipated how many they think he's going to get done uh before the end of before the season ends
4: no that you know you could give a rough idea uh, counselor but uh, I, mean, I could just say as an example, I, you know, I have two sidewalk requests on a street, any street in this city. All right. Uh, engineering will send uh, one of the engineers out, examine it ahead of time, prioritize it and everything. But we may have two requests that have formally been put in, but all of a sudden now the six or seven other houses around those two requests that now they have to do that were not reported. Uh, and that's what we're going into last year, and I know it's going to continue this year that uh, each street is going to vary, and uh, the paperwork we have is just really a guide more than anything, because I don't want them going back twice. You, you find, something, find something, do it, and keep then keep moving. Don't return.
10: Thank you. Um, is there, uh, there going to be any talk about uh, actually uh, putting on a cement crew? Uh, I know uh, it's been a topic um, uh, for many years that I've been on the council about uh, forming a cement crew so we can so they can again, this, there's enough sidewalks for, the, for, these, uh, for this crew to work all season right up until uh, the, when, it, when it gets too cold and then they can go on, go somewhere else. Is, is that being looked at? I know I know you, you say uh, uh, it's hard to find people, especially now when people are making twelve and thirteen hundred dollars a week staying home and not working. For not, for not working uh is is that being explored going forward
4: uh it, it was uh on the surface counselor uh back uh in uh, late february uh and then of course uh you know once the cove hit uh everything uh, as far as discussions are concerned were put on the back burner because uh, at priority at that point in time all right was doing our part as city government all right to you know make sure public safety and public health of the people were paramount
10: um, are we um, uh, as far as the trees go uh, I think I don't know uh, I think one of my other councillors mentioned about uh, how many trees are we on uh, on scale to do uh, on plan to do uh, uh, this year to be, to be as, replaced? Far,
4: as far as uh, what, removal councilor uh, uh, the,
10: uh, the be the ones that be replaced the uh, from the ones that have fallen down already?
4: Oh, as far as the actual number, I can get that for you. I don't have that readily available, uh, but I can certainly talk to uh, the tree warden. And-
10: I, I see Aggie is raising her hand, That maybe Aggie can answer the question.
2: Aggie, name and address for the record, please. Okay, oh, you're muted. You're muted, Aggie. You want me to-
4: Can you hear me, Councilor?
10: I can am here.
4: Oh, okay, I, uh, it's uh, very unstable up here in this office. Uh, now, I will uh, sit with the office manager and the tree water in on Monday and get you an actual figure as far as, far as what we anticipate we'll be planting this year. Actually, Aggie's,
2: Aggie,
6: can oh. anybody answer that question? Yes, I hope you can hear me, Councilor.
4: Oh, oh yes. hi, Aggie, I didn't see you. Hello,
6: everyone. Thank you for the question, Councilor Um our budget allows for approximately
10: 120 trees to be planted each year. Okay, so are we, on, are we on pace to do that again this year?
3: Yes, we are. And we have some others in addition that are funded by grants.
10: Okay, thank, thank you very much. It. Thank you. And thank as I say, you know, you, you and I have worked a long time as far as putting trees in many areas, and uh, I hope we continue the work. Uh, Mr. Kerens, uh, you talked about a uh, cemetery. Um, uh, are we... Uh, I think Councilor Bears has one mentioned about opening a new lawn there. Um, where are we as far as uh, uh, our uh, capacity there?
4: I could actually get you uh, the number, but uh, you know, talking to Superintendent Brogan, he said now is the time we have to, to start sc- discussing it because obviously it would not get done overnight. Uh, but uh, we obviously still have uh, room for uh, that has already been. Uh, uh, open space um and uh you know i mean i can you know, i would like to honestly say you know maybe a couple of years left before we'd be at total maximum capacity a couple of years left that, okay that, yeah but that's, again that's i'll I'll, I'll get you i'll get you a high um, number on that
10: if you could yeah that's right well, that's be a is is, is, is that running? that's that seems a little uh, scary we only have a couple of years left there um Oh, again, I thank you. Well, they say all all my other questions were answered by my other counselors. Again, I thank you, your staff for uh, for doing doing the most with less. Uh, uh, again, you you've turned into a seven day, twenty four hour uh, department for, for for all all the all your DPW. Uh, DPWRs, not just certain departments, but all of them. And I I thank you. you you're always there for me. Uh, Stevie's there for me. Uh, uh, Mike Ness is there anytime I call. They're always uh, quick with the response and uh, and and, uh, and getting the work done. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor.
2: Thank, thank you, uh, Vice President Caviola. Aggie, if I may, you mentioned I think we grow uh, plant 120 trees a year. Yes. Yes, that's the
11: line. The line item is sixty-five thousand dollars, and that allows for approximately 120 trees per year.
2: Okay. And did you say that we also get? Um, do we also get grant funding as well for the trees?
6: We apply for as many, give as, as many as
11: possible. Uh, this year we had four grants, um, and uh, sometimes they overlap. They may take two years to uh, complete.
2: Okay, thank you. Any other questions from the council for uh, the, any of the DPW departments or divisions? Any other council questions? Okay, seeing and hearing none. Uh, we have a. Uh, a question uh, from the public. Pop- oh, I'm sorry, Councilor
0: Knight. Excuse me, John. Thank you. Um, in terms of um, engineering in the Tough Square reconstruction project, I'm reading the narrative and it says that um, they've completed the Tough Square Complete Streets project. But if that's the finished product, then we have a big problem. Um, the Tough Square project does not look like it's complete. I drove by last night, it looked like there was a, uh, an excavator parked. In the middle of the street right there actually it wasn't a parking a great location um made it tough to get by at the turn um you know i've gotten a number of complaints about the drainage about lack of striping about the finished product about lack of benches and beautification and the like so i, I guess my question is this cup square project isn't finished right no it's not no as a I'll- matter of
4: fact when i was uh, at the uh, pool the other day uh, with uh, Fullerton Angler, I was uh, eyeballing them across the street, and they were uh, doing edge stone and uh, you know a few other things uh, over there. So no, they are not completed, uh, council right.
0: And um, in terms of the drainage issues that have been brought up over there, are those going to be addressed, or is that something that's outside the scope of the project? Um, it looks like they're resultant by the digging in the um, in the reconfiguration that was put in place in front of Cedar Appliance. Uh, if you get some heavy rain, uh, you'll see some serious pooling of water over there in front of the parking lot to Cedar Appliance, um, as well as the parking lot to Mitchell Construction and uh, Citizens Bank. Um, and it's posing an issue uh to, you know, local businesses. So is that something that's part of this um project or
12: is that something outside of the scope? Okay. Those specific drainage uh entities, Council Knight, those are outside the scope of the project. We need to finish up that contract. I was kind of when I wrote that um Description: the The goal was to actually be last week be done with all striping, so okay. it was a little presumptive of me. But uh, the the goal was to be done. So they've okay. um by now I, I haven't driven through, but they should be done with paving. They should be done with striping. Yeah, yeah.
0: paving's yeah. done. Um, they have the parking lot blocked off. Um, you know, I didn't know if it was your role was finished because the design and construction is complete. Now it's a matter of just executing the the construction. Um, so yep. that's what I was getting at. I just didn't want um to have to go down and talk to linda at tuft square tobacco tomorrow um because she's expressed a lot of concern about this project and tell her that it's complete if it's not um and i'm glad it's not because
12: if this was the final product it would be a problem right and if i I could president
2: yes please continue
12: sure um so completion has different definitions and uh so we've basically paid out uh well gotten reimbursed for the grant portion as well as a chapter 90 portion of that project and we're finalizing payment with the contractor so what's left is punch list items so you know signs got to go up and there's got to be discussions about that so there are like cherries on the sunday type work left to be done including uh negotiating the solutions to uh whether the design or construction for some of the um drainage issues there's two drainage issues there one is on the sidewalk one is in the road uh so we have some solutions on the table it's just a matter of um you know getting them done and uh, we want to have the contract at a place where we can uh successfully negotiate that work and get it done
0: okay. i have all the faith and confidence in your abilities to address it as long as it's something you're aware of then i'm sure that it's going to be handled and handled appropriately so thank you tim i appreciate your time
12: absolutely and i talk to all those people <laughs> as well and my team okay. does so
0: okay great
2: thank you any further questions from the council Okay, seeing and hearing none, uh, we have a question from uh, the public, a couple of questions. So we'll start off with Derek, uh, sorry, yep, uh, okay. You have your name and address for the record and you have a minute and a half for your question.
1: Derek. Thank you. Uh, Derek Anderson, 16 Myrtle Street. Um, three questions, I'll try to keep them quick here. For forestry, I do want to repeat a lot of the comments here that the forestry department is very underfunded, and I don't think that's appropriate, particularly given uh, the number of trees. You know, with tree stump removal is a very big problem here. It's preventing the installation of new trees. That's an equity issue. Um, I encourage our departments with what limited resources they have, and I appreciate the limited resources you do have. to look at the, the social vulnerability maps we now have in our climate vulnerability assessment, look at the heat island maps, and do I, I hope the there's a prioritization to improve uh, the number of trees that are able to be planted in those neighborhoods in particular. It's also an education issue. We're talking about lower funding. There are a number of studies showing uh, increased education benefits uh, for kids that are living near trees or, and are going to schools where we have trees around um, two more. I'll, I'll get them off, and then uh, take a response after. And if this is not the right form, please for two questions. I apologize. Just let so me you know. Uh, Main Street and South Street intersection has been languishing forever. Uh, I know the GLX project had assigned some funds for some improvements there. I don't know what's happened with that. Uh, I do hope that there's some funds in this budget to improve the signalization and uh, the, the, the crosswalks at that intersection. Uh, everybody knows that that intersection in particular is a nightmare. Uh, and my last point, I hope that there's some budget uh, included for Haynes Square, uh, going all the way back to when Cassandra uh, was our engineer uh, for the town. There's been promises to the community here around Haynes Square that that square would be improved through Chapter 90 through its complete streets. It has not happened. Uh, it's I, I just hope they're not being forgotten while other communities in town are having their, their streets uh, made. That, that Payne Square area is a nightmare for me to walk through with my kids. It's dangerous. There are people pulling out of the parking lot there. There's no good sidewalk um, and it, it needs to be addressed. And I hope there's this funding in the budget for those. Thank, Thank you. you, Derek. Thank you. Uh, it, I'm
2: sorry, Tim McGimmer, a uh, traffic engineer. I'm sorry, city engineer, I
12: apologize. Yeah, no problem. So um, two things, Maine and South and Haynes Square. Start with Maine and South. So uh, Eversource is about budget go through there and um, engineering has uh, presented a lot of options. Um, so right now our understanding is that the um, end we, we believe this is the case. Once Eversource's traffic management setup is out of that area, then there will be some short-term improvements uh, put into place. So that's short-term. Um, and we understand that the state is going to be taking care of some of that and i think in concert with dpw as well um this is sort of a <coughs> that conversation is happening so um then as far as um and i think that the, the temporary solutions have been discussed at length uh through a lot of meetings um all kinds of options have been discussed um so you know engineering has chimed in quite actively on the whole the whole situation um uh oh. sorry <laughs> uh, and um then so that's that, and also where um where the project is listed on the tip. We're trying to right now figure out how to fund 25% design, uh, so we can get a functional design report completed, 25% design completed, so we can continue to pursue tip funding for the overall solution, long-term solution, which has to do with multiple lights, multiple um uh, traffic management setups and uh, improvements uh, that that you know we're thinking fall in the line of five to six million dollars. Uh, so. That's being worked on too. There's separate avenues too. It's not just engineering working on that, that piece. Um, so there's that. So um Haynes Square. So we just recently applied again for a complete streets funding for that. Um, there was some delays that they worked into the schedule due to COVID. Uh, and that included one of the delays with getting Tough Square done, because one of the uh deadlines for Tough Square is um to get to get it finished in time for the Haynes Square funding. So um, engineering department is uh, actively pursuing Haynes Square. I know the mayor's office as well. There's, I think, some beautification work that's happening as well. and uh, as far as using Chapter 90 to supplement that, too, that's always a conversation. For Tough Square, we only received 142000 for a half-a-million-dollar project. So Chapter 90 funded the rest. Of course, that takes out from um, using it for other things. Uh, and just in general, when you talk about pavement, I just want to say this last thing. Um, May Longo Kern and the engineering division, myself, uh, is very interested in pushing forward and moving on to a strategy of data-driven pavement management and utility management. So engineering has a big focus uh, switch that over the next year or two is going to be focused on data-driven uh, systems. So we're right now we're trying to select our consultant for uh, pavement management, which gives an index to all of our public roads. We can prioritize budget uh, and, and really put forth um, recommendations that have uh, scientific data backing them. So uh, that's where we stand.
2: Thank you. Okay. Any other questions? Uh, let's see here. If we could please have your name and address for the record and you have a minute and a half to ask uh, your question.
1: Thank you, thank you to the counselors and uh, commissioner and all the city staff. Uh, My name is Kevin Wolfson, I live at 159 Central Ave. Um, This is related to the Haines Square and Tufts Square question, um, but complete streets are mentioned on the 2020 highlights and not mentioned on the 2021 highlights. So I was just wondering um, what the long-term plan is for complete streets um projects and for seeking complete streets funding
6: thank you okay,
4: I'll, I'll have uh I'll have the city engineer uh explain that a little more in detail uh, kevin about uh what's uh, what we hope the future is for us
12: sure yeah that was probably an oversight uh, we do have an active complete streets committee so with the transfer of uh the city engineer leadership um i chaired started chairing the new, the new committee, so reinvigorated that effort. There's a priority list that we are obligated to work off of. We've checked a lot of the boxes off that list and uh, we're continuing to pursue one of the biggest ones, which is Hand Square. So we've submitted for Hand Square, I think four or five times now and um, just has not m- made it through the system. We continue to push it for the Complete Streets funding piece. Um, and then as far as uh, what else we're up to, the Complete Streets Committee uh, has just recently asked for um, some uh, additional support, so some additional, um, potentially some residents on it, kind of expand the committee a little bit. And uh, we're trying to figure out a way to um, create another list because we can't really mess with our priority list, but create an update to our priority list that the Complete Streets Committee can provide recommendations to the mayor and the DPW commissioner for projects that are driven by the Complete Streets policy. So. That's something that's very, very active right now. The Complete Streets Committee is also taking a part in the shared street outdoor, outdoor dining situation. Um, and uh, I'll be done in a few minutes. Okay? I'll be done in a few minutes, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so, um, so that's where Complete Streets stand. And, and you know, so it's still, it's very active. Uh, and that was just an oversight that it wasn't listed as a highlight, um, so.
2: Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? Okay, seeing and hearing none, I'd like to thank.
0: Go uh, on, oh, I think Rita Canelio had a question at oh, one I'm point. Oh, do
2: Rita,
0: She's um, under iPad. She's all blurry. She looks like she has the.
2: Uh, I'm trying try to unmute her now, so we'll see. Rita. I'm trying to unmute her, but I don't. Rita Cornelio, do you have a question? We're trying to unmute you. Oh, there you go. Rita, name and address for the record, please.
7: Uh, Rita Cornelio, 41 Winter Street in Medford.
2: Thank you. You have a minute and a half for your question.
7: No, I don't have a question. Oh, uh, this is my first time actually listening in. Well, thank and you it's quite. You. That's very interesting. So just want to be part of this.
0: My apologies, Rita. I thought you had your hand up and then your screen went off and we were moving oh, on. Oh, I'm
11: sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Hi
7: Adam.
0: Hi, how are you? No, thank you. Thank no, you. no actually,
7: actually, I'm drinking. It's the Italian in me. We use our hands for <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Uh so seeing that and hearing that we have no more questions, I'd like to conclude by thanking Commissioner Kerans. Uh, thank Mary for all your hard work, Aggie, Tim, uh, Steve Tanaglia as well. Um, Steve, I feel like I'm on the phone with him all the time. So uh, thank you to everyone in DPW for all your hard work, uh, Commissioner County for your leadership, and uh, for uh, trying to uh, do everything you can with limited funds. So we, we really appreciate all your hard work and effort. So thank you so much.
4: Okay, thank thank you, counselor and uh, the uh, councils in general, and I'll pass the compliment on to uh, the guys uh, Monday at roll call.
2: Thank you. Uh, next item is the library with Barbara Kerr. <laughs> Hi, Barbara. Hi. Does anybody need a break? Uh, Does anybody need a break, are we good? Okay, we're gonna keep going. All right. Um, So Barbara, if you could please just tell us some about the library budget. Uh, I can give us an overview of the the department. Um, If you could tell us about uh, staffing, any changes from 2020 to 2021, any short long-term goals, and we can go over the line items uh, as we progress in the presentation. If I could please ask Dave Rodriguez to um, share the screen with the library budget, I greatly appreciate it.
6: Library budget, sorry. Not sure what page we are. Um, So this has been a, I don't wanna say a weird year for us but this has been a very different year for us. As you know, last summer we moved out of the old building and into a a temporary space in the basement in three spaces in the basement at 200 Boston Ave. It's about a third of the size of where we were before. We have about a third of our collections and we don't really have a program room. So it's been a year of adapting. I think. (laughs) And our programming, the youth services team took the programs out to the schools and after school programs and to the family network. And when the lockdown happened, they went virtual, I think, uh, if not the first week, the second week. And right now, all of their programming is being done virtually. And Sam, who is the Uh, Head of youth services told me a few hours ago that their attendance on the virtual programming is equal to the physical attendance They had before that so our service levels have maintained We've maintained them very well are right now We are not open to the public, but we are providing materials on a no-contact basis and we're putting out about a thousand books a week, so We're doing as well as we can under the circumstances Um, the construction project was paused for 39 days. They've started up again about a month ago now. That is going to push the completion date out to August of 2021. Initially, they were looking at June. I'm not sure if August is when we'll be opening, when we'll be moving, when will be um, they'll be finished and then we'll be moving, but they will keep us posted on that as they go along. We did ask them if they thought they could make up any of the time that they lost and they said possibly a couple of weeks but probably not because everything they're doing now is has to be done in sequence and it's not something you want to rush. So they were actually a little bit ahead of themselves because it was a mild winter. So the project is going pretty well. Um this budget is a transitional budget. If you look at the actuals for the for FY18 and FY19 they're a lot higher than we are right now we reduced a lot of our ordinary expenses when we went into the temporary space if you look at this year there's and last year there's no money in utilities there's no money in building repair utilities are currently being covered out of the uh, construction project and we're in somebody else's building so we don't have to repair it those lines will be repopulated next year substantially less than they were before because we'll be going into a new building and not one with holes in the roof which is going to be a nice change. Um utilities should be quite a bit less than in the previous building because this is going to be a net zero building. So technically we shouldn't have any. There may be some preliminaries but um we're looking at that should be pretty good. The other thing that we level funded this year is the book line which is halfway down it's um 15 1510. I don't know if everybody understands about the state certification process, so I'm going to explain it really quickly. In order for us to be certified by the state every year, we have to meet seven parameters. Four of them are service based, and three of them are budget based. The three budget ones are hours of operation, materials expenditure, and allocation. The materials expenditure has to be 12% of the total budget. We have to be open. 63 to 65 hours a week. And the allocation is the average of the previous three years times 1.025. If you do not meet the parameters, you have to apply for a waiver. Some of you were around when we got a lot of waivers back in the day. If you don't get a waiver, under normal circumstances, it's bad. You lose your state aid award, which for us is about $69,000 and your residents lose the ability to use other libraries. You cannot borrow or check out from other libraries. We are also in a special situation because we are in the construction grant program. So if we were to not hit certification, apply for a waiver and be refused a waiver, we would lose the grant money and would have to pay it back with interest. So we are gonna be in that situation this year, next year, the year after. I don't think we will be a year beyond that. Um, it's that is no longer a condition once the library commissioners sign off on the construction project. You have to meet a number of their parameters before you, you sign off. We're fine this year. <laughs> um, the things that we have to, um, the allocation is a little bit over where we need to be this year. So we're good with the allocation. Materials expenditure and the hours of operation apply to the previous fiscal year. So it would apply to FY20. They are actually waiving that for this uh, certification round because everybody closed in March. So nobody's gonna meet their hours and no one was spending their money. So we're good for the upcoming certification round we'll be fine. This is gonna come up again next year and the year after. Um, There is no, we can apply for a waiver. We'd probably get one, but there is, until we're out of the construction project, there is a possibility if we didn't get one that we could lose the money. So I just wanna make sure that everybody is aware of that as we go forward. Um, We are good for this next round. Next year, this budget is gonna go back up a bit. Um, We level funded the materials line in this, even though there is a materials expenditure requirement that we will have to fulfill for next year, but this year and only this year, (laughs) this will never happen again there will be some materials funding coming in from outside from the library foundation, and also some from some private sources. So this year we've level funded and we're not expecting the allocation to cover the entire amount because it's coming from outside but this is the only time that that will happen. So just wanna make sure everybody knows that this is not gonna be an ongoing thing that you can count on that going forward, we are going to be dependent on the allocation for our state stuff. In terms of staffing, we're good. (laughs) I think um, it is good. We're facing a bit of a transition in terms of staffing because the previous library could be staffed with three people in an emergency. Everything was on one level. In the new building, the base level, the emergency level is going to be six people. So we are making our staffing stretch. Um, We actually have two separate spaces that need to be staffed right now. So we've had a year to sort of work out what we need to cover ongoing staffing. And in this upcoming year, we are going to perfect it so that when we do move into the new building, everything will be covered. Um, A situation that has come up with numerous new buildings is when you go in expecting the staffing parameters to be the same as your old building and you don't have enough people and you have to reduce your hours and you lose your state aid and it's the whole cycle of. Chaos. So um, we will have our staffing ready to go when we go in next year. I think that's basically what I had to say.
2: Barbara, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, so let's see. There are a number of uh, councils that have questions. We have a uh, Vice President Carviello, then Councilor Morrell, then Councilor Knight, and then Councilor Bears.
10: Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Barbara. Uh, for your leadership during this uh, transitional time. Uh, First, I said um, I need to thank the mayor and the staff uh, for level funding this budget. And I think Barbara explained to you the reasons uh, why uh, the the budget had to be level funded so we didn't lose our certification and run into the fact of possibly losing our grant. But there was also another caveat in there. Uh, You know, we have a, um, we're uh, on the final uh, touches of finishing up a, a major Donation and part of the major donation uh, had some uh, financial concerns with it. Uh, uh, and again, I, I thank the mayor. Uh, you know, during this tough time, to uh, uh, for getting uh, for getting this uh, funded uh, levelly when when she had to make tough uh, tough decisions and had to cut it. the public. But um, you know, being part of the library foundation, uh, part of our goal is is to cut expenses for the city for this library coming in. Uh, currently right now uh, between donations and in-kind donations we're somewhere around four and a half million dollars that'll be coming back to the city which will help significantly uh, lower the cost so uh, hopefully at the uh, at the end of the day when this library is done and the foundation is done with their 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 efforts we can hopefully deliver this library to the city for probably around uh, twelve million dollars which and again uh, if you look at other cities, uh, Reading spent $36 million for their library with no aid. Woburn spent $31 million uh, for their library um, that, that only got rehab. So, again, um, to get a full state-of-the-art library uh, for the money that we're getting it for is literally we, we're almost, I hate to say that we're almost stealing it. So, again, I want to thank Barbara. And, again, uh, I personally want to thank the mayor uh, for, for you know finding the funding to keep this level funded, so we th- we didn't lose our certification, and we weren't in jeopardy of losing uh, a major donation that'll be coming our way.
9: Thank you, Vice President Caviello, Councilor Morel. Thank you, Mr. President, uh, and uh, thank you for being here, Barbara. This may be a big question, so if you could just provide highlights. Um, if you could just talk about some of the grant funding you receive and what that's applied to um, for for uh, not for the building itself, but just for like ongoing programs and things like that.
6: Um. The majority of funding for our programs comes from the Friends of the Library. I think, uh, and I do say majority, we have a very substantial budget from them. None of our programming actually comes from our allocation except for the staff time involved. Other than that, we do get some Arts Council grant funds in the course of the year, but we have been very fortunate to have a a, a well-endowed and generous friends group, because that is where most of our program is coming from. In the new building, with all of our new spaces, we are anticipating we're going to have to apply for more grant funds. The friends aren't gonna be able to cover everything. So Sam Sedneck who is the head of youth services, and I are gonna sit down this year and target grants to apply for, so that hopefully when we open up, we'll have at least a year's worth of grants of programming scheduled when we get in there
9: okay yeah. great thank you yep yeah and I want to thank you um, and your whole team for pivoting with the temporary building and then pivoting once again with COVID um you know it's much appreciated so thank you
2: thank you Councilor for. Councilor Knight
0: um Mr President thank you very much and I think it's very important uh, that we extend a big thank you to Barbara and her team um you know this is something that's been years in the making um my first term on the council Um, We started the conversation about appropriately funding our library so that we wouldn't require waivers from the Mass Board of Library Commissioners. Uh, Because we appropriately funded the library, we were then eligible to receive a grant. We then moved forward and pushed hard to apply for the grant and, you know, we were awarded the grant. I mean, this is this, this government couldn't work better. It was like everything <laughs> fell into place the way that it was supposed to happen. And um, it's just amazing uh, to see all the progress we've made over these past, you know, several years to get us to where we are today. Um, and, you know, we're, we're right there at the, you know, 25-yard line, we're about to stuff it in the end zone. It's almost done, the construction's gonna be over and we're gonna be opening the library. And, um, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. And I think it's very important, as Councilor Caviello said, that, um, you know, we have to commend the administration for making the investment in the library that was necessary and required so that we could continue our certification so that we could t- continue to be eligible for these, um, these funds. I mean, ultimately, we have um, a $12 million tab uh, to build this library plus a $12 million grant, give or take a couple million bucks. If we were going to knock the library down and build the new one absent the grant, we were going to spend far more than $12 million um so i think we're in a great position right now um to to, to move forward but it couldn't have been done with all the hard work that barbara has been putting into this all the hard work that your teams been putting into this and uh quite frankly we couldn't continue to be successful if the administration didn't recognize the investment um and you know move forward and recommend that we that we fully fund uh the, the library so with that being said Barbara, thank you for all that you've done um, this is this is awesome you know what i mean this is one of the more exciting moments in government you know there's a uh, a lot of things that you know you can be grateful for and you can be happy for but um you know when you work in politics and to see something go from um you know being knocked down to being built back up it's rewarding and um you know i hope that you um are as happy with this final product that the rest of us are because you know i'm very ecstatic about it and, um, you know in terms of your budget i think everything looks great you know what i mean you guys have been doing more with less for a number of years. And, um, you know, moving forward, um, I'll be here to support you, uh, God willing. Um, as long as I have the ability to serve, I'll have the ability to support you. And I'll be happy to do so because I believe in what you're doing. And I think you're doing a great job.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, Councillor Knight. Councillor Pierce.
13: No question? Oh, sorry. Can you hear me, Mr. President?
2: Can you
13: hear me I was just going to say Councillor Knight took everything I wanted to say because um, he said it so well. But um, I do have one question for you, absent the compliments, because I also agree. I think you're doing great work and it's really exciting. Um, My one question is just, uh, what's the process gonna be for the new strategic plan that's mentioned in the FY21 goals? Like how how is that gonna go? What's
6: the process? Um, I don't know, I need to have more staff come in the building so I can get off the desk and do it. That's the first thing. Um, What we've, what we've done in the past is put together a strategic planning group within the staff. And we have identified, basically divided up by departments. So there'll be um, local history, teen, children's building stuff. And then we sit down and we brainstorm what needs to happen. We talk about the process for that. And then we're going to send out some um what do you call the things you send out surveys to people <laughs> and ask them what their expectations are for the new building. The timing is very good actually, because we are going in to a space that is gonna allow us to do so much more than we could have in the previous space. So we wanna we want to identify the priorities for the community. We did do surveys with the previous strategic plan and before we did the um, grant for the new library. So we do have some idea, but that's gonna be a big part of it. The um, deadline for this has actually been extended. Library commissioners pushed it ahead of year, so we're behind. We should be surveying right now, and we're not. But it's mostly going to be, we'll start off with a discussion between the staff, and then we'll start asking the community what they think, because we got a lot of good information out of the previous one. And to all the people who hated the chairs, we're getting all new chairs. So, progress. (laughs) 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 They really hated the chairs. That was a big thing that was in that
13: <laughs> last survey. Great. Yeah. And I think that gets to the heart of it, you know, the community involvement and engagement yeah. with the process. So it's great to hear that that's going to be a key element. So thank you again. Thanks for everything that all of you've been doing uh, through this crisis.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Councilor uh, Pierce. Councilor
5: Marks. Thank you, Mr. President. I too want to thank uh, Barbara and uh, her staff. They've done yeoman's work over the past year, year and a half, uh, putting this all together. This hasn't been an easy process. It's yeah. been an ever-changing process. And you know what, Mr. President? I think we also have someone that uh, to thank as our own colleague, Councilor Caviello, who uh, you know really uh, knighted this, and initiated this whole process back some years ago when he said there may be some state funding out there. And that led to this whole process. So I personally would like to thank uh, our own colleague, uh, Councilor Caviello, for uh, pushing this forward. Uh, Mr. President, when I take a look at the library budget and I look at the line item and I look under building repairs and materials, you know, then I look at zero and I say to myself, how are we going to fix the leaking roof? How are we going to fix those prison bathrooms? The prison bathrooms that I've spoken about for year after year after year? How are we going to fix the broken windows? And then it dawned on me, you know what? We're getting a brand new building, a brand new state-of-the-art building that this community is going to use as their home, Mr. President. And it's going to be a gathering place and a meeting place. And it's going to be a show place for other communities to envy. And you know, this this is just a great time. Uh, Barbara, I wish you well with your staff. I know, uh, you, you know uh, where you are right now is not the best of uh, situations, but you're making it work. You mentioned about how uh, there's been an increase in participation, which is amazing. Um, and uh, I want to thank you for your leadership and all the people underneath you uh, for what they've done for our community and the residents of this community. Thank you. thank you.
2: Thank you. Councilor Marks, Councilor Scarpelli.
8: Thank you, thank you, President Fowler. He did it again because I, I, my comment, Barbara, is everything you've done and appreciate everything. and. Uh, you're keeping this going. I know it's not the ideal conditions right now, but you still have young families that are moving into the community and they still have a welcome in place. And I, and I think that has a lot to do with you. I think your, your, uh, your demeanor, you know, exudes that. I think that you're so welcoming. And I think that uh, counts, like I said, council marks was right. I think when council caviello does retire, you do have a full-time volunteer. Cause I don't <laughs> think I've, I've, I don't think we've had a conversation Especially in the last couple of months, that didn't start off with the library. Do we gotta look at the library? And it's um and it's 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 great to see the the uh the commitment he's had for that, because I think that it's rubbed off on all of us and when we're looking at different different uh, projects. And if we had his energy and drive for it, hopefully all of our projects that we want to spearhead go through too. So I, I appreciate everything you do. I, I think that uh for what, we, what we're going to see, it's going to be amazing. Like we said, it's going to be, uh, um, you know, a, a, a welcoming, welcoming, uh, opening to that part of the community, like the separation. So having, coming in from the Winchester side, I think the people from Winchester are going to have to uh, put their heads down a little bit to see what we did here in Method and uh, be jealous a bit. So thank you so much.
6: Finally.
2: Thank you, Garthal. So Scott Kelly. Uh, and if I may uh, conclude, uh, Barbara, thank you so much for all your hard work. Thank you for uh, to Vice President Carviello for um, really kind of, uh, you know, going down that avenue of looking for the grant. And, uh, but for the day-to-day operation, Barbara, thank you for your leadership. And thank you to the entire staff of the Medford Public Library. If you think about everything that you've had to do in the past year with regard to just cleaning out the old library, Moving into temporary space, which that and alone is
10: an amazing feat,
2: uh, with all with everything you had to move, and then you know trying to plan the new space and run day to day operations, um, and then COVID comes as well. It's a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and a lot of you know a lot of things that you don't expect to happen happen, and it's so you know just want to say thank you for everything you do, and thank you to the staff the Memphis Public, Public Library. We thank you for your leadership and hard work.
10: Uh, Vice President Caviello. Thank you mr mr. president I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't thank former mayor Burke uh, for, 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 her, for her getting up to this point you know uh, some years ago uh, when I brought this to her she could have said hey Rick you know, it's too much money we can't do it uh, you know let's you know, look at it down the line she had the, the vision uh, to put the, to put together a team uh, even when they told us that uh, it didn't look like we can get it done in that amount of time uh, we got it done and, and, again, um, I, I have to thank her for, uh, for her vision that, that, that has gotten us to this point here. Because, like I say, otherwise, you know, uh, she didn't have to take on that project uh, at, at, at that time either. So, again, uh, uh, let's say uh, our community also owes, also owes her a debt, too. That's a very good
2: point, uh, Vice President Caviello. Uh, let's see. So, are there any other final questions from the council? Okay, seeing and hearing none. Uh, Any final questions from the general public? Any questions? Okay. Seeing and hearing none. uh, We will move on to the next item. Barbara, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hope you have a nice weekend. Thank you, guys, all very much. Whatever's left of it. (laughs) Good luck. Thank you you for your time and your patience. All right, let's see. Next item is the Council on Aging with Pam Kelly. Pam, I believe I, oh, there you are. Okay, let's see, i uh, gonna try to unmute you. Ew. Oh, hi, Pam, okay, uh, let's <laughs> see, page 128, Council and Agent, if you could just tell us, uh, give us an overview of your department, uh, tell us about uh, your staff and maybe changes uh, from 2020 to 2021, and uh, we can talk about maybe some of the goals and then just go over some of the line items.
7: Absolutely. Well, first, good evening to everybody, and thank you for sticking around for a very long day. I'll try to make this as quick as possible, of course. Okay. Um, the Council on Aging has seen many changes uh, since March 13th, 2020, when we had to close our doors to the public uh, to prevent any spread of COVID 19, especially for our participants who are among the most um, vulnerable. And we may have closed our doors, but we continue to bring resources, nutrition, and assistance to the older community. Within two days, we began our grab-and-go lunch program. Um, the first week, we served only 20 older adults per day. Uh, but by now, we are, have increased that to over 70 grab-and-go lunches every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, The meals are brought in from the catering company that is supplied through Mystic Valley Elder Services. And we've also increased the Meals on Wheels to Medford seniors who are homebound to over 300 meals Monday through Friday through, um, again, Mystic Valley Elder Services. Uh, We've also worked on giving out what we're calling our swag bags. The swag bags consist of many different things, but recently we were able to supply uh, toilet paper, paper towels, large print um, books to read. We've also had crossword books and other things, uh, DVDs and uh, puzzles to assist seniors while they're at home. Uh, we've worked really uh, close in with the staff and volunteers of City Hall for the new RUOK program to assist more than 10,000 seniors in Medford to give them a telephone call to see how we can help you, whether it be nutrition, medical, for medicine to be delivered to their homes, groceries, and social service needs. Um, These are all things that we did at the Senior Center before we closed, but we were able to maintain and continue with the new process since the closing. Uh, We are also adjusting and transforming our programs, like our exercise programs. We now have uh, three different exercise instructors who are showing their classes on local Medford community media. We also have some Zoom classes. You can find our art classes and some of our holiday singing and entertainers also on Medford community media. Um, and we're trying to expand that as we go continue. We're also speaking with many of the other Council on Aging in the area to see what's working for them and what are, you know, we work in conjunction to see how we can get the word out to our seniors. We do still issue our 12-page newsletter every month, although it's different. We don't have our big parties, our movies, our trips, but we are getting the resource information, how to make your own mask how to uh, get information and resource about the COVID, what to do at home, who to call. We also have been working with Melrose-Wakefield Healthcare. Uh, They have a dial-up resource if somebody wanted to just talk, talk to somebody. If they don't have the ability to go online, there are ways to also communicate and get the information. Uh, Right now, uh, we have and still have five paid staff members at the council on aging three full-time and two part-time uh, in the past we've had several volunteers um, that would come in and be receptionists, answer telephones assist with delivering of newsletters help in the lunchroom um, and we're trying to rethink how we're going to utilize their resources uh, if we are unable to open as a congregate site for the next few months so that they can also assist in the community. But we're looking, um, our budget is really not, we're not asking for anything more than what we had in fiscal year 20. And we were able to cut back in some areas to um, help with the overall city budget.
2: Thank you, Secure. Vice President
10: Carviello, you had a question. I do. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And um, uh, Pam, thank you. Uh, you know, I, we, we, every week we see each other. Um, yes, we do. We do, and I stop in there. I, I think one of those days, I'm, I'm going to grab one of those meals. I, I, you know, I'm a senior. I'm sixty six. see I'm 66. I, I'm entitled <laughs> to one. You are um, definitely entitled. I think Tuesday, I'm going to grab one. But, again, Pam, I, w- I want to thank you for your uh, for your dedication. I mean, you kind of – I go in there and I see you every week and you're, you're working by yourself, Mark, and maybe some other person. Uh, and, again, I know it's hard on you, especially where, you know, you're working with the most vulnerable part of our population, the seniors. And, yes. And uh, it's very difficult for them being homebound. And, again, you know, and and they thrive on the camaraderie and the companionship of other people, and they're not getting that now, which is really uh, – which is is really, really hard for these people. I mean, we can talk on the phone and everything, even when you call them. Uh, Again, it doesn't uh, replace the face-to-face contact and the the programs that you do, the lunches that you do, the movies that you do. That's what these people look forward to. I mean, I'm starting to drive by now. I see them sitting around the fountains a little bit. So they are getting out there little by little. But again, uh, uh, I can't wait for the day for your programs to get up and going again. Yeah, so get, get these people out of their houses, get them back into, into where they want to be, uh with their friends and colleagues and, and uh and just being outside again. So uh I personally thank you for your work and I'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe I'll take you <laughs> up on one of those meals.
7: Absolutely. Thank,
2: thank you, you. Councillor Carviello. Thank, thank you. you Vice. Thank you, Vice. President Carviello. Up next is uh, Councillor morell and then Councillor Marks. Councillor Morrell
9: thank you mr president um pam just i just have a question i guess it kind of touches on this year's budget and then looking to next has there any of this program shifts um been uh been able to be funded or reimbursed through the cares act well the city budget
7: does not cover any of our programs uh we actually do our programs through the state budget that i receive uh the city budget covers more of the building, uh, maintenance, transportation, and staff. So if that's what you're inquiring about, our, like our movies and lunches and things, yes. Mm-hmm.
9: Has, but just, I guess, since I have you, has any of that <laughs> qualified for that or? Um, well, since it's through the CARES, it might be. Right. I, mm-hmm. ha- I have, right. We've submitted some um,
7: information for hopefully to get, uh, maybe some reimbursement with all the paper towels, toilet paper, and other supplies that we did receive. And, you know, if we do get uh, reimbursed for that, that would be wonderful. But if not, our uh, fundraising group will pick up the difference.
2: Okay, great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks, Councilor Morel. Councilor Marks. And then Councilor Pears. Councilor Marks.
5: Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank Pam for all her efforts on behalf of our many seniors in the community. Uh, Pam and her staff run great programming down there. Uh, All the feedback I get from our seniors is they're very pleased with the services they receive at the Senior Center. My question, Pam, is uh, regarding the transportation line item. Can you just speak to the reduction in that line item?
7: Uh, Yes. The Mystic Valley Elder Services and Transportation, the actual transportation portion, which is SCM door to door, would cover the transportation to go from the senior's (sighs) homes to the senior center. And because we don't see that going to start again uh, for at least three to four months, um, i reduced that portion from that transportation that only covered the transportation through SCM.
5: Okay. But, but no, know, knowing that, you're, so you're saying for the next three or four months, so you're saying that into three or four months into this fiscal year, which is a third of the fiscal year that uh, you're going to be able to make suffice what transportation you currently have.
7: Yes, I mean, because I do get uh, also covered through another grant, another budget that covers that portion of the transportation I always had the city pick up a little extra because my federal funding did not cover a hundred percent of the transportation from the seniors homes to the senior center so I know that it will be covered through a federal grant
5: and regarding building needs uh, I know there's been a, a lot of work done to the actual facade of the building um Are there any particular needs that you'd like to address
7: with the council? Um, at this time, uh, the building is running wonderful. (laughs) Nobody's in there, but, um, we have a wonderfully clean, neat, and accessible senior center. Um, I don't have any needs at this time. We have a brand new HVAC system. We have a brand new elevator to take anybody with disabilities onto the stage. Our bathrooms are all uh, completely modified and updated for anybody with disabilities. So right now, I don't have a building need um, to inquire. Next year, maybe we'll have something new.
5: Well, I I wanna again, thank you for everything you do for our seniors and hopefully uh, very shortly, they'll be able to get back into the building start up their bus rides all over the, all <laughs> over the place uh, and get together as Councilor caviello said um you know the seniors need that type of interaction i don't have to tell you that it's very socialized yes. to socialize um so uh, i appreciate all you do for our seniors thank you
13: pam
7: thank you councillor Marks. i appreciate that thank you councillor Marks. councillor
13: pierce thank you mr president and hi pam um thank you hi, for Counselor everything Peters. you've been doing thank you for everything you've been doing Um, and this is so difficult and I think you've really done an amazing job um, with the support of so many volunteers and as as well as your staff so um, I just want to thank you for that I'll keep it short and not give you more praise everyone's been saying it but I echo it Um, two questions Um, one I know in here you said there's a projected reduction in funding from the State Executive Office of Elder Affairs and I'm just wondering know, what the impact of that might be for the the Council on Aging?
7: Well, if there is an impact from the state budget, um, because that would cover all of the exercise programs, some of the trips that we do, the additional parties that we have, that's where it may be affected. Um, However, I have a great team of exercise instructors who understand, and because they've been working on a state grant all these years, they know that sometimes there's a little cutback and they enjoy working for the Medford Council on Aging. So I've never lost anybody due to cuts. We may have had to shorten their, um, maybe take additional summertime off or reduce the number of days that they are actually teaching, but we've never really had to cut anybody completely. So we hope that continues.
13: Yeah, I was about to say that's good and I hope it stays that way. Um, Right. Second question is just uh, looking at the line items and it sounds like, you know, you're thinking at least three, maybe four months before the the doors are back open fully, which is disappointing, obviously, for a lot of folks. But um, I guess my question is when that happens, you know, we're still going to be probably in some Basically, how are you going to be paying for PPE and and this these materials? I think you mentioned uh, earlier that you had to do that. So just wondering where that's coming from, because I'm not seeing it in the budget on the city side.
3: Right. Can I chime in on the the CARES Act, if you don't mind, Pam Kelly? Yes. Um, So I have procurement and finance. We've had all the department heads that have anything related to COVID-19. We're tracking it all in a spreadsheet. Um, anything that can be reimbursed by FEMA is 75% reimbursed by FEMA. The other 25% is reimbursed by the CARES Act. Uh, we've already put our first reimbursement in and got it an in from the state. The uh, CARES grant runs through till December, so the department heads are supposed to notify us, let us know, and we will we code those directly to the grants, not to the budget.
13: Awesome. Thank you, Alicia. Would and those are my questions. I just want to say thank you. Thank you again, Pam and, and Suzanne and everybody else. Thank you so much for your work.
2: Thank you, Council of Bears. Thank you, Council Bears. Any other questions from the council? Okay, seeing and hearing none. Pam, thank you so much for all your uh, hard work and your leadership. Thank you, Council President Falco. Thank you. Thank you,
12: thank
10: you
2: Pam. everything you do. We're hoping that, uh, you know, we can see seniors in there soon, but of course we know we know we have to make sure it's safe and and uh, absolutely. Whatever. But thank you for all your hard work. And the general public regarding the council on age. Any questions? Okay, doesn't look like it. Okay, Pam. Thank you so much. I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank, thank you, you Pam. Pam. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you too. Uh, next up, energy and environment in Conservation, in Office of Community Development, Alicia Hunt. I will unmute you. Alicia, uh, if you could please, uh, thank you for joining us. If you could please help us uh, by giving us an overview of the department and talking about um, how the uh, department is made up, any changes from 2020 to 2021. And if we could talk about the long term or short term goals. And then if we could go over the uh, individual line items if their uh, counselors have any
11: questions. Great, thank you. And uh, thank you for uh, being here today. This has been a, a very long day. Um, I uh, sympathize, but I cannot sympathize to the extent I at least could walk around while you guys have been listening to all the other departments so far. Um, so there's both huge ch- change and not huge change at the same time. Um, Under the new administration, we've chosen to merge the offices of community development and energy and environment. Uh, I see this as an office of planning and sustainability. These, the work of the two offices go very closely together. There is a huge amount of overlap in the types of projects that we do, the type of work we do, and to bring the synergy between the two offices is huge. And so we are in fact not cutting any of the work done by either of the offices. And I will always add intentionally cutting. So if somebody becomes aware or wants to bring to my attention something they think that we're not doing after the merger, I would appreciate that because to the best of my knowledge, we are not dropping anything, but actually we've been expanding uh, what we've been doing through the merger. Um, So I've made a few quick notes, Um, for example, One of the things that we have been able to do is the Office of Community Development had an administrative assistant, and I will say I'm very pleased, she's amazing. She's actually in graduate school for planning right now, um, in addition to being the full-time administrative assistant. So she's very interested in the work of the office, but that's allowed me to move a number of the things, tasks that were just pure paperwork and finance from myself and from Dennis McDougall to uh, the administrative assistant, and that has freed up some time. So Dennis has actually started staffing the historic commission. Um, they've asked for a presence in city hall, a place where people could drop off filings for them, some place where people could call and get answers, questions answered. Um, and so we've been sort of, our intention was to staff just that board, as a new thing to see how that goes and how much time that takes. With the COVID, actually, a number of our boards and commissions have needed uh, additional support, particularly running Zoom meetings. So he's also been helping very directly the Historic District Commission. And actually, he staffed a meeting for M Belt recently. But he's had time to do this because we've been able to shift some of our financial paperwork work to Lorena. the intention when we merged was that we would also pretty quickly hire a director of energy, a director of economic development to start doing some economic development work that the city had not been doing um, in recent years. We um, That was actually an existing position as an economic development planner, but we wanted to elevate it a little. It would report to me, but would take on this additional work. Under COVID, and then I would remain doing... A lot of the climate work that I've been doing, merging that with land use, we're working on climate and adaptation plan. Under COVID, frankly, the economic development became extraordinarily important ext- very quickly with no warning and no time to hire somebody. So I've actually been spending more than 70% of my time working on business programs. We're running a business of grant program for small businesses right now. We awarded 28 grants last night to small businesses, and we have on the order of 29 more to go that we're still collecting all the information and um, making sure they're all qualified for the grant program because it is funded through federal cdbg community development block grant coronavirus funding but somebody has to administer that program and run it i've been helping to coordinate restaurant reopenings you might have noticed that we have restaurants operating outdoors on public property That is brand new. We've always had restaurants that operate outdoor on private property, um, but we worked with the mayor's office and uh, the building department and the health department and the police and traffic and engineering have all come together. And we've been trying to coordinate this and work with the department, the restaurants to find creative and new ways. I've, I've been working with the License Commission on this as well. So a lot of that economic development work. It is our hope and my preference that in the new fiscal year, we will actually be advertising and hiring somebody to do the economic development work. Um, While I've been able to do that under COVID, my my love is the climate work. And I want to see that brought to all of that. And to the comprehensive planning, the full picture, the big picture work that we need to do for the city of Medford. Um, The other position that we was funded in the Last year's budget in the mayor's office, um, the new administration has decided that a grant writer and administrator for the city is absolutely needed. Um, Before COVID hit, we were actually gonna fund it full time. We went back to the part-time plan of that position because of the the, uh, financial restrictions, because of the budget. But our hope is actually in the next few weeks to advertise and hire a grant administrator. Um, My office has been administering, bringing in and administrating on the order of a million dollars of grants a year for the city and that's a lot of work for very few people and that's in addition to we have a full time administrator for the CDBG federal grant that we run. So this would be for all those other grants organizing that we frequently apply for grants for other departments. Um, you may remember that our DPW recently got a grant for three new vehicles. That grant was actually applied for um, by PEEP staff in my office. We we in, interviewed them. We figured out what they needed. We wrote it all up. We submitted it. We crossed all the eyes, and then we managed the contract signing of all of that, um, and then we handed it off to DPW to spend the money. But we really needed a grant administrator who then Follows up and make sure that all the um, requirements of grants like that are met. There are a lot of grants out there that we just don't have the capacity to be applying for and then administering if we get. And the idea behind a grants administrator is to help us with some of that paperwork, some of those um, managing all the details. Uh, the other thing that we've been doing kind of new is housing. So this office of community development is responsible for affordable housing. It's been four years since we've had actually dedicated housing staff in the office. Um, One of the things that we did was we brought, so we found that um, Danielle Evans, who staffs the community preservation uh, CPC committee, um, she actually has a very strong background in housing and local municipal housing programs. And so we've actually moved her upstairs into OCD in order to coordinate our work more closely, because there's a huge amount of overlap in what she does and the kind of work she does. And then we've been slowly increasing her hours to do housing, affordable housing work for the city. So she's been managing the housing production plan. And there's a number of things we could be sort of moving forward with more robustly. Um, Her position you will see here under part-time housing planner is uh, put in as a, 0.5 0.5 position at $0 that's because that position will be a hundred percent funded from the community development block grant um but we have that resource in the office and and one of the great things that we've done is that we made a mailing list for people who want to know when affordable housing goes up for lottery in the city of medford and we made it it frankly it was based on the spur of the moment the mayor walked upstairs with a resident who wanted to know when a lottery was. I turned to our administrative assistant. And I said, Lorena, take her name and email. Tell uh, We're going to put her on an email list. And when they left, I said to her, now you're going to go make an email list. And we started a MailChimp. And we put it on our website. And um, I think she told me last week that we have like 70 people on that list to be notified when affordable housing comes up. And we didn't do a push to advertise it. We just kind of put it up there. And we've been handling that. Um, so that's a kind of a brief overview
7: of the work.